0: Welcome to Fitspeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. I'm Kevin Hines. Fitspeak, the podcast, is available on Podbean, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and our website, which is www.fitspeak.com. We're also alive and kicking it on Instagram. We have pictures of all things triathlon and fitness-related. Check it out. Tell us what you think. We are at Fitspeak. And we're also Facebook-friendly, the latest links to the coolest things in multi-sport, plus conversations to make you think about why you try. It's Fitspeak on Facebook. Fitspeak is brought to you by Wenting's Cycle and Mission, and here is your Wenting's Word of the Week. It is Bell. Mention that word to Bruce or any one of the staff members at Wenting's and you'll win a prize. It's just that easy. Once again, your Wenting's Word of the Week is Bell. And we're also brought to you by TriJoy, the spirit of multisport. With the new year well underway, it's time to commit to a race and get back on track. TriJoy can help. With decades of experience and our low client-to-coach ratio, we'll get you working on a structured training plan that'll help you get to the finish line and enjoy the journey. It's TriJoy, the spirit of multisport. See the link at the bottom of this page. If you're a Canadian sports fan, you've probably watched hockey, football, baseball, curling, and figure skating on TV. But what about triathlon? Probably not, unless it's the Olympics. But why not? On the show today, Canadian pro Brent McMahon and I discuss rivalries in pro triathlon. Thing is, there hasn't been many of them, and sports fans love them. 43 minutes of head-to-head fitspeak begins right now. Our next guest a return visit from one of our country's most versatile and fastest triathletes he's been on our Olympic team he had a stunning debut at the Ironman distance um, he's recorded one of the fastest Ironman times ever plus he's also an ace at off-road triathlon as well going top three at the XTERRA World Championships um, but perhaps his greatest accomplishment was just last week when he successfully drywalled his house. Welcome back to FitSpeak, Brent McMahon. Thank you. Well, that's not that crazy. I drywalled the bathroom. Well, well, that's that's more than I've ever done or uh, would care to admit. Uh, where does the drywalling rate on your uh, list of accomplishments? It, it's, actually, it's actually pretty
1: high. You know, Hang, Hanging drywall by itself, it takes uh, ingenuity and endurance. And, uh, but it's... I'm quite happy with it,
0: and and it was a, a one man job. So to hang those sheets by yourself and get the screws in there and get it straight, boy, that must have taken a toll on your body.
1: Wow, well, it, it wasn't too bad. You, you, you figured out how to l- use some levers and uh, a few tricks from a couple of drywalling friends. So got it sorted. Aha! Uh-huh. So any truth to the rumor you'll be going
0: head to head with Mike Holmes in the Great Canadian Drywall Challenge? <laughs> Well, we are talking about uh, competition today. Our focus is on triathlon rivalries, and we're going to get to that in a few minutes. But uh, first off, last time we chatted with you, you were doing all sorts of crazy things like a 200-kilometer gravel ride and three-hour training sessions on the rollers. Uh, what sorts of crazy things have you been up to lately, Brent?
1: Uh not not that much training. i so uh, we've moved house, so I'm uh, doing some renovations at the at the new house, and um, I've I've had a tendonitis in my hip kind of on and off for the last year and a half, two years. So, um, so I'm actually just taking some time to try and get that sorted. So I've been doing physio, uh, a lot of treatment right now, and actually had a uh, fluoroscopy, uh, acupuncture needling of my hip, so that was was a new procedure for me, so that was interesting, and um, so now I'm just kind of on the rehab and uh, hoping everything sort of settles down, and I can kind of get this thing gone and not have to worry about it again.
0: Oh man, uh, yeah, I have been a victim of the needling therapy as well. We've got a heck of a, a physiotherapist out here in Chilliwack, Angela Froze, and she, she introduced me to the needles and I found out as hard as, you know, the last two miles in an Ironman are, the needling has got to be up there as well. It's definitely, I it heard sometimes
1: but the, the results uh, are always pretty good, so and, uh, yeah, I've been using it for quite a long time, so. So let's talk a bit about training.
0: I mean, you're doing a bit of rehabilitation, but have you been able to uh, get back into swimming pools in in Victoria? There, um, yeah, actually, we've
1: uh, we've been very fortunate. Our, our little squad here with uh, Lance uh, Watson and Matt Sharp and uh, Brynn, and um, the three of us were actually um, for Christmas actually through the fall. Uh, we were actually able to get access to the Parkside Hotel pool. Um. And so we're It's just a 25 meter pool, and it's got one lane rope. So it gets a little choppy when we're all in there. But right. Yes. It's, um, but it's, it's been great, and right now we're you know, we're able to swim three days a week, Monday to Wednesday, and log uh, this morning. with a 5K workout. And nice. Yeah. So the so swimming's actually been you know pretty consistent, and you know being able to have just access to cool time has been really good. Yeah, just any time in the water.
0: I know last time we were talking about you were kind of content just to kind of wait it out and you know, when we were speaking, we didn't know what we were we were in store for. And we were thinking maybe three, six months. And now that it's, you know, we're going on to a full year of a lockdown in varying degrees across different centers across the province. But uh, boy, oh boy, it's nice to be able to, uh, to get back into the water, whether it's a lake, you know, in season or, or a pool. Now, that things have gotten kind of cold in some of our freshwater lakes in BC. Um, looking ahead, I mean, here we are. It's usually a couple of weeks to the kickoff race here in British Columbia with the triathlons and duathlons at UBC, and then it's, you know, into the season. But, I mean, it's kind of like a, a murky outlook as we look into 2021. But uh, what was your proposed race schedule supposed to look like for this year?
1: Um, you know, I it was pretty realistic, uh, you know, when we finished up last season. And, um, you know, as the saw thing uh, through the winter and, and just the fall, you know, it, it was going to be evident that everything was still going to be up in the air. Uh, racing was going to be very restricted, travel restricted. So I, I, I didn't actually put too much time, effort, or work into, you know, coming up with what this evening schedule was going to look like. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because I did that last year, and I spent the whole year just you know, rearranging and changing and doing a block of training and then you know canceling or changing it and extending it and you know it was there just a, a whole year of you know staying moderately fit and then at some point we finally decided okay well, are just not going to happen let's just pick a few goals and um, you know and that's why I did, you know that epic gravel ride um, but then you know, then I decided, okay, well, let's do some of the VR. Bases. And as soon as we kind of just decided that, okay, we're going to make a plan and, you know, it's going to be based around training and some training and testing, mm-hmm. um, things just were, were much easier and just to train and motivate. And so, for this year, you know, Ironman put out a schedule and, you know, it. you know, I had races starting, you know, at Oceanside, you know, and. March and you know, you know, I I knew it was not going to happen, you know. But of course, you're like, okay, well, yeah, I'll do Oceanside and then I'll do St. George, yeah, Iron Man, (laughs) Texas. You know, did we sit down and write a schedule? No, yeah, Um, because you know, California was having all sorts of problems, there's no way that was going to happen. Texas canceled. Uh, the day before, I was supposed to fly there, um, back in the fall. Yeah. So, techie was gonna, you know, put on a race this early. You know, so it's just, you know, it's just easier to say, okay, let's get healthy, let's figure out my hip, let's, you know, do some training. And um, when racing, you know, and, you know, travel and things start to take a positive turn, mm-hmm. that's when we'll start picking some right and we'll start writing a program, but I don't see that changing right now. Obviously, we've got China Challenge Miami going yeah. uh, in a few weeks, you know, but that's, you know, it's an arena race, and all the risks involved in getting there, traveling there, time to go home. Yeah. Uh, it's, just, it's just not realistic unless mm-hmm. you're an American and um, you feel like getting on a plane, traveling, and being around a bunch of other people is a good idea. So, you know, so it's, right now, it's just, you know, stay fit, um, get work done here at the house. Uh, Then, you know, maybe, you know, in a month, we'll, you know, start looking at what a season's actually going to look like. Or, you know, it's probably going to be even longer than that.
0: Yeah, when you were talking about uh, some of those races that you were originally scheduled to have done last year, I mean, these are courses that you've had a lot of success. I mean, that uh, brutal course out in St. George, Utah, which you've had you know, amazing success, and then there's Oceanside, and of course the the World Championships. If if you could wave a magic wand and have a 100% guarantee of doing one of those races that you had on your schedule for either last year and it didn't happen, or for this year, what what one race course is is special to you and you would love to race again? Um,
1: well, that's one thing. Like St. George, they were they're going to have an Ironman, so that's something that. Um, I, I love that area. So, uh, you know, but to be able to do an Ironman, like a full distance in St. George would be so awesome. Um, so, you know, though I haven't done the course, I you know, I love that area. I love going down to St. George. So that would be, everyone, if, if, you know, they could get it off, um, it'd be pretty awesome to do Ironman St. George. But um, they were looking at alternating Alternating it. Right. Between 7.3 and Iron Man years. I don't know whether this year was a Iron Man or 7.3 or anything. Anyway we were discussing
0: in the introduction, our our main topic today on the show is about triathlon rivalries. And like I was saying, we really wanted to have you on the course because you've got a unique perspective on the topic, being at the top of the world at short course, long course, and of course, Xterra events. So first question is this. Let's go back into a time machine when you were doing the ITU and Olympic circuit. Um, Were you involved in any rivalries at that time?
1: Um, you know, I think, I think when you're, you're racing the Olympic distance, you know, I, I think there's, there's usually, you know, there's, there's kind of different, um, grades and levels of rivalry there. Obviously, you know, within, within your country, you're, you're buying for Olympic spots, right? And right. so you're, you're buying against, you know, guys that you train with or you travel with or you even work with at training camp. <laughs> um, so there's kind of forced. Rivalries there, um, you know. So me, Kyle Jones and I were always buying for spots on the team and earning spots for the country. with Paul Tischler, you know, we were you know very closely matched in racing. Mm-hmm. Um, we had we had different you know ways of executing races. So um, within your own country, you, you had a rivalry against the other guys, even though you know, we trained together, and you know. And then once you got to go out on the course. You know, if you were a consistent athlete, you know, you were consistently around the same guy. So whether you're, you're at a World Cup and you're trying to win it or whether you're at a World Championship Series event and you're buying for 10th place or 20th place or whatever it is, typically you're you're racing around the same guy every single race. And, yeah. you know, sometimes you have a good race and sometimes you don't. And, um, you know, so you, you end up kind of building, you know, it's funny in, in the forecast one this it's not necessarily rivalry in the same sense of boxing or, you know, where it's, it's a, you you know, a vicious wanting to, to beat the other guy. It's more of a friendly battle or competition uh, because you're, at the end of the day, you're all trying to make your country's Olympic team. You're all trying to, you know, make a living and, you know, it's not necessarily 12th better than 13th. Yeah. Not a whole not a whole lot. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're vying for the podium, you know, every single time, you know, like when you're talking about Javi Gomez and mm-hmm. Alistair Brownley, um, you know, those those guys are sure have a different level of rivalry, you know, because they're vying for the win every single time and you know, but then, you know, in the sport of triathlon, there's there's so many factors that come into the racing that you you get that tire or, have end up in this crash, or you know, they even have and, you know, out there though they should be competing against each other due to any number of things in the swim cycle, run or travel to them or you know, whatever's going on. It, it forces one to not, you know, necessarily every time be able to compete for the win or the placing that they did normally. I think that's what's unique about triathlons uh, as a whole, because there's sport is not—it's not just the same guys always pitted all the time against each other, like in tennis. They're just hitting the ball back and forth. That's it. That's the entire—the mm-hmm. entire game is, is just that. And so, and it's just mono mono each time, right? So when we're to a group of uh, thirty guys in the past and. You're you know, you know there's, there's a whole bunch of different you know types of racing going on. Yeah, I think I think you make a lot of
0: uh, you know real interesting points. When we get into triathlon, so much of our performance, can be influenced, maybe not dictated, but certainly influenced by the geography, by the climate, uh, by equipment choices, and just how a day unfolds. As opposed to, you know, you, you mix things up in the octagon, or you do something, you know, in in a swimming pool, and all those conditions are are negated. Right? You're just focusing on that other person. Um, one perhaps change in all of that is when we take a look at the at the egos and the rivalries, perhaps in in is sport like professional cycling where you know we really can take a look i mean obviously the ones we go back in the day with jan ulrich versus lance armstrong and of course they had the sorts of same sorts of um geographical and climatic cha- you know challenges but that's that's kind of a different sort of mindset than than the triathletes mindset right yeah i think
1: it's, it's definitely a different uh a different mindset but it. But it's still also a little bit different in that, you know, uh, Jan Aldrich and Lance Armstrong—they were the team leaders, so they were they were forced to be the rival um, because that's that's how it was supposed to be done, right? Um, Whereas, you know, in triathlon, everybody on that field of play is trying to win. Whereas in a cycling play race, you got Lance Armstrong that's trying to win, and you've got six other, whatever, seven other guys that it's not their job to win. Mm-hmm. So, but it's still even a little bit different. Though so they have the of course, um, you know, changes and yeah. different dynamics. At the end of the day, the team's done a bad job if Lance Armstrong isn't the guy in the library, right? Yeah, um, and, you, and you see that, right? You see, there's the, the second team come in Camille and the, all of a sudden he becomes, okay, you're the team leader now, and so now a new rivalry can even start within, you know, a pro tour race because the lead guy is not having having the tour. Yeah. Um, whereas in travel, you know, pretty much everybody on, on the field yeah. of the play is, is trying to win that race. You know, there's no kind of team aspect. And so, so you also have a lot of different people trying to... And compete against each other. So it, it, just, it, it doesn't facilitate uh,
0: the right Reimano rivalry assets. Yeah, and just to touch on something you were saying, and, and this is where I'm kind of trying to make a distinction maybe between the short course athletes and the long course athletes. You were saying a little bit earlier that you did, when you were doing the Olympic, the ITU circuit, you did have a chance to compete against other athletes on perhaps a more regular basis as opposed to doing 70.3 races or even Ironman races and you know in order to, to develop a, a legitimate rivalry you have to go at it, you have to battle each other a certain amount of mm-hmm. times and when you see a person once once a year or maybe twice a year you, you just don't have that opportunity to have the battles and perhaps a little bit of the, the bad blood that you know makes for a, a decent rivalry.
1: Yeah, for sure you know like on the on the Olympic uh, circuit you know you're, you're competing 10 12 13 times a year and yeah. and everybody's trying to earn points so everybody's going to all of the races and so you you'll meet the, the same guys at meeting six times in a year and so yeah, so you, get, you see you learn that skills you learn um, you know the weaknesses you learn how to work with the. <laughs> in order to try and facilitate a better performance. And so, you know, so it's, it's definitely a it's very much, you know, different type of racing and circuit um, than the long course circuit because, you know, like, yeah, there's a that I might see once a year or maybe twice a year and, you know, you're trying to figure out, okay, what is, what, how are they gonna race this race and you can look past that, but you haven't actually been on course with them um, you know, I mean also, you know, uh in Motor, there's there's just, you know, less travel. People tend to race more regionally. And, you know, so maybe within your own region, you know, I'm I'm gonna race more of the North American guy mm-hmm. more regularly than, than the European, whereas, you know, in the Olympic circuit, it's it's you know, everybody's traveling all over the world. Um that's just how it goes. That's the design of the little track one day. Right? Yeah, um, you know, so geography plays, you
0: know, uh, a factor in, in the long course racing. Mm-hmm. So uh, to get to you specifically, I mean, since you know you really lit things up on the Ironman distance circuit in 2014, are there any guys that you kind of have had your sights set on, or maybe wanted to beat more than other people?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I think then, you know, sort of. More, more of a, a goal perspective, you know, you, you look at guys that, you know, have won other races and, you know, you haven't raced them, right? And so you're like, okay, I, I'd really like to be on a course with this guy and, and I'd like to beat him. And, you know, so it's not necessarily a rivalry because you haven't actually raced. Mm-hmm. You, you just want to race certain guys and beat them, you know, to see, you know, how you stack up and, um, you know, for me and and I, kind of you know, fun, you know, Ben Hoffman, a, a friend of mine. And, mm-hmm. You know, we haven't actually raced in the same race. Uh, and Ironman, mm-hmm. um, just trying to think. I don't know if we ever have other than Kona. Uh uh-huh. um, You know, and so you know, he you know he had great races in South Africa, and I had great races down in Brazil, and um, and so it was always kind of like, oh, it'd be great. You know, I. You know, go to a race
2: and go head
1: to head and see how we can push each other. Um, but even in that scenario, you know, you do that, and someone gets a flag or somebody has an off game or you know. And then in an Ironman, there's just there's just so much that uh, that can go wrong, and you know, so to have two or three guys execute a really perfect race in mm-hmm. an Ironman. Is, is really difficult. It's very rare, yeah. You know that you see like you know real good head-to-head battles in the Ironman. Usually, it's one or two guys having a really good days. One of them, you know, well off, and you think even in you know the first example with Kona, right? You look yeah. at all these guys in one won Ironman throughout the year, and you know, it's, so basically there should there should be the top ten should all be within. Ten minutes or less. Yeah, but come Kona. Yeah, you know you can do thirty minutes back and you in the top ten. Yeah, um, so it's, it's kind of crazy, and that, that's what's unique about about you know the Ironman sport. It's, it's it's a long, hard day, and it's is, is challenging.
0: Yeah. I mean, when we're talking, you know, about rivalries, especially at the Ironman distance, of course, I mean, it took six or seven years uh, when Mark Allen finally beat uh, Dave Scott. Of course, there was, um, initially it was uh, Macca versus the Germans, and then that turned out to be Macca versus the rest of the world. But I'm thinking maybe the fiercest rivalries we've seen in our sport of triathlon may be on the women's side. I mean, Ironman battles between Paula Newby-Fraser and Aaron Baker, but... Maybe more fierce than that, and perhaps one that you have been privy to was between Victoria's Mel McQuaid and Jamie Whitmore from the uh, American side. Of course, that was on the ex Terra
1: Circuit. Um, any stories from that? Yeah, for sure. Well, it's funny that, uh, you know, something else I was going to bring up That you know, one sort of one kind of rivalry. That I that I I did actually have, and it, it was it was from Xterra ah. um, as well, and you know that was the, that was the one for sort the of really cool thing about the Xterra. Again, because it was a North American series, we all raced all the races, and we all you know performed against each other, um, you know, within a very short period of time. Um, and so for two years I was North American exterior circuit and that was around the, the same time knowing and, and Jane Whitmore having having their battle and, mm-hmm. um, for me I was battling against Conrad Pope, you know? oh from South Africa yeah so, so he would Conrad would you know train in South Africa all through the winter and then come mm-hmm. over to North America and then he'd a North American circuit um, so each year you know, you know two years we'd start off racing in Camicula in California and then carry on to the, the races after that. And, um, you know, and so he and I, you know, typically we'd, we'd alternate spots, uh, mm-hmm. winning the coming seconds, or, you know, one of us would have a good one of us would have a bad day, one would win, and one would come four. And, yeah. um, because it was a series, we're, we're both counting points, and we're both buying for winning the overall series title and um you know and the funny thing is though there was a rivalry um she and I ended up actually staying at the same homestay oh really and, you know and so so we're essentially living in the same house we're eating meals together um you know and just you know sharing and then and then the next day we're battling um mm-hmm. on the course and but we're having a you know, great time and, um it, it, it was, those it were two years of racing because it was different than the long course and the Olympic racing that I would do. And in that, yeah, I was racing against the same guy, you know, five weekends. And, you know, it was, it was really And It was, you know, try, trying to trying to figure out, okay, well, how do, how do I get far ahead of Conrad and Glenn and hold them off on the bike and how much can I use on the bike <laughs> and then be run back on them and you know and then obviously the courses were all different and you know so certain courses I would be better at and um, you know but then I, I remember one one race in Milwaukee where it can be it's just pouring rain and it had been pouring rain for a number of days <laughs> so It was just super muddy and slippery and um and both so of us was just not having a good day. And so I, I think I was back in, I think, fifth or something like that, um, just flip-sliding away. And, um, you know, we're still ahead of the combat out of the water. But then, sure enough, you know, probably through the course, he he catches up to me on the bike. But then he's just flip-sliding and, you know, not able to drop me and just making it work and oh. trying harder. You know, and so we, we ended up just racing together. Uh uh-huh. um, but both of us were out of it. We're, we're back in, you know, fifth and sixth, and, you know, so we're both discussing and trying to get through it. And he, you know, we're just like, I don't know, how, how does this, like, get so bad? And it just one is one of those days. We, even though we weren't buying for our normal traditions, we were <laughs> still, you know, still challenging each other. Oh, yeah. Other, but also having a great time. The funny thing about that race, even more so, is I slipped and drove my knee into the lock and my knee open. Yikes. And then, uh, you know, managed to finish, but then I had to go to the hospital. Oh. And, and I get wheeled into the hospital, and Conrad is already there because he has fallen earlier. Oh, and, no. And broke his wrist or fractured his wrist. Oh. they are already taking them to the hospital oh, <laughs> and the two of us are sitting in the hospital together uh. and uh, you know so you know it was, it was quite funny and that, you know both Kaplan and, yeah. um, you know, and they confused. The, the two top guys yeah. Person, but <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a, what a story.
0: I mean, you know, talk about gladiators or warriors, uh, and and then the hell of it was that you weren't battling for the win. It was just to, to beat the other person, and it looks like uh, the race course took the the best out of both of you guys on that day. Yeah,
1: totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, then no, I mean, yeah, it's funny because, yeah, Jamie and uh, Melon, they, they had a battle going on for years. Yeah. You know, Their battle's going on. Uh, I don't know, four or five years and, you know, went you know, every world championship they were, you know, trying to duke it out and get on top and I think they swapped the series at least two or three times.
0: And, and I think that's what makes rivalries interesting. I mean, we have rivalries in hockey, you know, I mean it was an interesting rivalry between the Montreal Canadiens and the Toronto Maple Leafs when there was actually some parity and you could actually expect the Leafs to win. But mm-hmm. things, you know, when it's a, so lopsided, you know, people, I mean, it's a, it's a regular slaughterhouse. It's not, you know, and it just doesn't carry the same amount of anticipation, right? So in order to have a legitimate rivalry, you know, f- for the most part, either party in that rivalry has to have a decent shot of winning the thing. Let's get back to to the Brent McMahon story. Um, what's happening today? Uh, all the renovations on the house are now complete. or you still got a few things to go? Uh,
1: no, we're still still a It's endless, really. But, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but the, but the main thing we're working on is the, the master bathroom and stuff. So I have a I have a Tyler and I'm doing that right now. So I actually get a little bit of a break. But I was I was painting last night, so we uh, we're just. We're living, we're living downstairs in the basement room until the you know, bedroom's ready. So, so Carolyn's got me there. Make sure I get it done quick and we can, we can move back into
0: the bathroom. In. Uh-huh. And what's your next workout that you've got planned? Is it today or is today already wrapped up for you? Uh, no. A lot to, a lot to do
1: 5-6-1 this morning and then I've uh, got some strength and stability work and then I'm uh, going to do... Uh, a trainer ride and just uh, yeah building back into things so mm-hmm. just keeping, keeping stability and strength uh, on on the regular and then sort of alternating uh, building back running and biking have you been able to ride out in the past
0: couple of weeks because I know uh, Vancouver Island had some unusual white stuff on the ground
1: <laughs> yeah well, yeah, we had a foot and a half here so yeah 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 and it's still you know that's the thing is it's uh warmed up now and it rained yesterday but there's still piles of snow and flush uh on the road so uh it's nice to have a, a good rift set up now mm-hmm. so, you know for probably the next uh at least the next few days i'll, I'll be on drifts and just uh keeping it safe and uh you know and and more. and then uh you know by next week but it should be more or less melted and can get back on the trails and back on the gravel road. Yeah, I
0: mean, it's it's no sense taking any unnecessary risks at this time of year. Um, you know, you, you ride the Zwift when you can and when you're outside, it's a bit of a bonus to smell that fresh air and that nice dampness in the air. I mean, my goodness, we've had... Down here in the Fraser Valley, one of the things I really noticed was just how dry the air was. I've been doing you know, quite a few treadmill workouts because I don't want to run out in the rain and the snow. And the first thing that I noticed is, geez, my throat is getting just so dry and the static electricity. I'm shocking myself every time I bump into the side rail on my treadmill. It's like, gee, it's going to be nice to, to get that humidity back. So I guess um, it is going to be more seasonable in the week to come. It definitely, I prefer to be outside. That's for sure. But uh,
1: you know, when when the conditions are really adverse, like four degrees and raining, yeah. it is good to have an indoor option. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm
0: still anxious. I bought this, I think I was telling you, that Cervelo Caledonia a couple of weeks ago. I have yet to put that on the road. So I'm, I've actually been having dreams about the bike. And, geez, uh. it's, it's, it's far due. I mean, I, I just need to get out on the real road as, as as exciting and, you know, helpful as Zwift is. Nothing beats getting, you know, some mud in your face and hair in your wind and your eyes and, you know, experiencing
1: uh, the real world firsthand. Yeah, well, no, and that's, that's the beauty about the gravel bikes. Is you, can, you can take them anywhere, and they're, they're built to get dirty. Yeah. Yeah, so you can just go and enjoy the, the weather no matter what the conditions are. So, yeah, I've been, I've been loving my gravel bike. It's definitely one of my favorite uh, bikes I've had in my, in my lifetime, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to uh, fit speak up with us on this uh, Tuesday morning, Brent. Sounds good. Best of health Mm -hmm. and best of luck with the remainder of those uh, never-ending home renovations. And looking forward to uh, to seeing you back on the race course sometime soon. Yeah, it'll happen at some point this year. uh, Keeping our fingers crossed for you, Brent. Uh, Thanks again for your time. No problem. Thanks, Kevin. Bye
2: now. Hi, I'm Mikey Ross, and this is FitSpeak's Top 5. Tips for motivation during the February funks and the March moodies. Late winter months challenge us with fluctuating weather. Fair one day, dreary drizzle the next. Snow, oh no! The amount of daily sunshine for those of us needing a vitamin D boost can also be severely lacking. Sometimes, just sometimes, all it takes is to completely change up just one of your regular athletic routines to help brighten up an entire day. Even without changing an actual workout, you can easily change what you are focusing on during that workout. Especially if it has nothing to do with performance or you just want to have fun, which is perfectly okay. Here are 5 ideas for you to try, including one which is brand new for me too. I can't wait to give this a go, despite rain, clouds or snow. Number 1. Backwards day. If running, swimming, or biking is scheduled on any given day, be impulsive. Completely flip the workout's order or direction. If it's an out and back run or ride, change the direction. If it's a swim and you always use your tools first and do your intervals last, switch it around. Changing what we do and when we do it is easy. Number two set a fun goal in a workout that has nothing to do with speed, pace, distance, or time. Here's a silly example that I just tried last week. During a run on a popular dog walking dike, I decided only to concern myself with saying, Hi Poochie, have a great walk. I got smiles from many of the owners, none of them ran away in fear, and it felt great to look forward to greeting the next dog rather than thinking nasty thoughts like, why doesn't the owner have it on a leash? Number three, fun number. This has come up before in other top five lists, but it's too good not to add to this list as well. You would be amazed at how many fun numbers you can encounter during every workout. It's particularly satisfying for me to run in circles and circles around a parking lot just to get 44 minutes and 44 seconds for my total run time. Just think of the conversations being had about the addicted athlete they saw who was obsessed with his watch. Number four, Zwift zaniness. This one is specifically for any rider Who's spending most of their training time indoors on Zwift, Ruby, or any other virtual training platform. Since I'm only familiar with Zwift, I'll describe what you could do to break up a long ride. Rather than a 60 or 90 or 2 hour ride on the same route with the same followers and the same riders in the same terrain, simply switch worlds. I actually do this on purpose three times in every workout. I spend my warm-up ride in one world where I can see there are tons of riders. Then I switch to my main ride world, often the one where I'm leading a group ride for my triathlon club. I then do the last switch to a third world. Changing the route from flat to hilly helps throw more variety into a single session on Zwift. Side benefit? You meet more people and can ride on a whole new set of virtual peloton peeps. Number five, and this is my new one, do weights while you wait. This one is new for me and I'll be trying it for sure. The idea comes from Daniel Lieberman, the author of Born to Run, Daniel came up with a handful of activities he does every day at home, which involve waiting. He then chose to transform that wait time into waits time, with a few reps of push-ups, sit-ups, and planks. Access to a gym during COVID can be complicated, or even impossible. So Daniel decided that he'd use daily wait time and get some muscle building activities done at those times. Now he's building muscle while his French press brews his morning kappa. Such a simple way to get more movement into your day. For FitSpeak, I'm Mikey Ross.
0: And that's it for another edition of FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. We'd like to thank our guest this week, Brent McMahon from Victoria. And to stay in touch with one of our nation's fastest long-course triathletes, it's brentmcmahon.com. brentmcmahon.com. Or to hit his Facebook page, just Google Brent McMahon Pro Triathlete. It'll take you right there. Fitspeak is brought to you by Wenting's Cycle and Mission. Your Wenting's Word of the Week is Bell. Once again, your Wenting's Word of the Week is Bell. And yes, we're also brought to you by TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. Whether you want to get faster or go farther, TriJoy can help. With our low client-to-coach ratio, we can give you the attention you deserve to achieve your potential. It's TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. See our link at the bottom of this page. Just a reminder, we're on Facebook. We are your local go-to spot for information and inspiration. Yes, it's Fitspeak on Facebook. And now, at Fitspeak on Instagram. Your place on the internet where you can see what we've been up to, what's exciting for us, and for you to share your story in pictures. Finally, if you're listening to us on Podbean, soundcloud or apple podcasts why not drop by our website to see a bit more about the program and maybe leave us a comment on the show or ideas for future programs for roy Macbeth and mikey ross
1: i'm kevin hines thanks for listening